Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. That's right, it's Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezinski, the Breeze Man, and Mike Kapler is with me for many years. I've called him the Cap, his nickname. It's K-A-P, even though sometimes we get... um, we get letters uh, from people, emails and things, um, you know, say hey to Cap, C-A-P, or I like what Cap said, C-A-P, but um, and it's not a big deal. I suppose you've gotten that all your life, just like my last name, Brzezicki. I've gotten that name murdered many plentiful times in my lifetime, basically on a weekly basis. <laughs> well, I, I, Joel, I just can't believe anybody could possibly mess up Brzezicki. I, I don't <laughs> no, understand I don't. that. Can't get a grip on it. But yeah, even... I understand the cap thing. That would be natural to spell that with a C because the, the last name is Kapler. It's with a K. But it, it amazes me how many times I, when I'm spelling it over the phone for somebody, you know, calling the uh, whatever, the doctor's office, whatever it is, where I'll be standing there right in front of somebody watching them put it down. And, and I will carefully say that's Kapler with a K, K-A-P-L-E-R. And... Uh, they still put it a C down. <laughs> just they just think it's somehow that that word cap somehow sounds like it should have a C in front of it. So that's okay. I can live with that. Yep. Yeah. We have to pretty much. I mean, I'll tell people my last name B R U E. I'll do it by by uh, two letters at a time. B R U E S E K E. And inevitably, inevitably, an, an E gets left out or 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 something. <laughs> but it's. Uh, it's just uh, something that, uh, you know, now my wife for 15 years, she's had to deal with that and my kids. And um, I just say, have fun with it. <laughs> it's just a blast now, to do have that. Have you ever thought about this? What will your name be in this place that we call heaven? And will people be able to spell it? <laughs> <laughs> will they need to? Will they need to spell it? Um Tune in next week. We'll discuss these things. <laughs> it's like this Welt, this town in Wales. It's got like 50, uh, what is it, 56 or 58 letters, something like that, in the whole the name of the town. And uh, they call it Landfair for short. <laughs> Taking the first six or seven. It's, it starts with L-L-A-N, fair. Is anyway. Anyway, I don't know why we got off on this, but sometimes uh, we just do. But we got well, other hey, stuff to talk you know, about. We, we are often talking about things that are just so significant to the Christian life. It would be nice to just do another program, perhaps five or ten minutes long, where we just talk about nothing. We could call it churchianity or something like that, but we just talk about stuff that means nothing. The Church of Seinfeld? <laughs> <laughs> the, the show about nothing. Don't, don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, you know, people, they'll get our they'll get our last names messed up. They'll get the towns and things messed up, but... Nobody's perfect, are they? That's what I was just going to say. You know, <laughs> how many times have I heard somebody say that before? Nobody's perfect, and that's not what the Bible says. That's right. Well, and I know people are thinking, well, Jesus was perfect. Well, yeah, he was. But it doesn't stop there. <laughs> Joel, it's something that I don't think, as we've talked about our new identity and uh, this new nature that has become who we are, the nature of God in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Every good thing that he has has been provided to us now. 
And there's nothing that you and I can do to, to uh, make that any better than what it already is. Can, can you improve upon perfection? Because that's what was provided to you and I as believers uh, at the time that, that Jesus took our place on the cross, when the, the new covenant was ratified. We suddenly, one of, the, one of the things we inherited here, Joel, was perfection. You're right. I'll, uh, you know, the, the Bible does say that, uh, in fact, uh, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about, the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews 7, 8, it talks about the Son who has been perfected forever. That's in Hebrews 7. But then we move on ahead to Roman or to uh, Hebrews 10, 14. Guess who else has been perfected? You and me. And why and how have we been perfected? We talked last week about how we've become the righteousness of God and how it's not at all by anything that we've done. It's not by our performance. It's not by our good deeds. It's not by us being a goody-two-shoes in front of God or, or people. Nothing like that, but by one offering, God has perfected forever those who are sanctified. It's the offer, that one offering of Jesus. It's through the blood of Jesus that we've been perfected forever. And so, indeed, when, uh, when we say nobody's perfect, we're totally wrong. We've totally missed the point of the gospel because God has indeed perfected us forever. Well, and that's, that's pretty cool. Now, you and I know that we don't do everything perfectly, but again, people sometimes not realizing their new identity in Christ, they get their mind all wrapped up in, in the, the outward appearance of things and, and what we do, how we perform, what we don't do, what we shouldn't do, what we should do, all these things. And, and you see, you and I, we, no, I, I don't do everything perfect. I mean, everybody knows that nobody is like that. Nobody performs to perfection. And, and yet there are still people striving toward that somehow. They're, they're striving to try to be uh, right with God. They're, they're, they're working to be forgiven somehow. They're, they're working to be accepted uh, by God. And, and all of that has already taken place through belief in Christ. But yeah, there's so many places here in, in Hebrews, Joel, as, as I look. I'm just going to skip through some verses here. And I, I, I love Hebrews. I love reading straight through it. If perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, what further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek, of course, talking about Christ? It goes on here. There's a bunch of uh, other verses here in Hebrews about perfection, um, talking about a, a sin consciousness versus uh, a, a different kind of consciousness of righteousness. The high priest who performed Old Testament sacrifices, those sacrifices could not make us perfect, but we have been perfected through the, the sacrifice of Christ. All through the book of Hebrews, the writer in Hebrews is comparing the Old Covenant and, and that system of animal sacrifices and, and things similar to that, related to that, versus the, the New Covenant of Christ's one sacrifice for all. Under the Old Covenant, they would continually offer up the same sacrifices that could not make us perfect, that could not provide forgiveness of sins. They just covered them up. How many times have we said that the blood of Jesus has covered my sin? That is not a true statement. Mm -mm. That, that atonement that takes place under the old covenant is not the same as the blood that was spilled by Jesus Christ. The blood of animals and, and goats, uh, bulls and goats, as, as the writer in Hebrews said, could not perfect us, could not take away sin, and uh, they covered our sins. 
the, the one sacrifice of Christ for all uh, not only uh, took away our sins, but brought perfection. But it literally took away our, our sins. You talked about being positionally right, uh, righteous last week, Joel. Some people might say, well, we're, we're positionally forgiven, that God chooses not to see that we have sin somehow, that he puts on the blinders or something like that. And, and yet we, we are truly forgiven that the, the sin does not exist when it comes to um, the foundation of our identity. Yep, it's been taken away. I love the book of Hebrews. I love how the writer compares and contrasts the two covenants, basically all throughout the whole thing. And I think that's necessary. That's a, that's a real good thing that he does there. I'm going to zoom through some of these, too, and maybe I'll, I don't know if I'll uh, repeat something you said or not, but just as I look through this, too, I see that uh, he says, on the one hand, there is the annulling of the former commandments, you know, the law, because of its weakness and unprofitableness, and people think, what? The law? Weak and unprofitable. Uh, But the writer says here, the law made nothing perfect. That was the problem. The law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. So on the one hand, there was something that could not make us perfect, that was weak and unprofitable. But on the other hand, there was the bringing of a better hope through which we draw near to God. And that one thing is the blood of Jesus. In another place, the writer talks about how like you were saying, these sacrifices, these animal sacrifices, they offered him continually, year after year. It could never make those who approach perfect. That old system could not do it. It is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins, but what happened was Jesus Christ did indeed do what the law could not do, what the old covenant could not do, what the shedding of the blood of bulls and goats. Like you said, it covered sins, and that was only a temporary thing, but Jesus Christ, his blood, has taken away our sin and has made us indeed not just positionally righteous, not just positionally forgiven, not just positionally perfect, but in reality, we've been forgiven completely once and for all. We've been made righteous completely once and for all. We've been perfected forever, the writer says here. So let's uh, get off of this thing where we're continually trying and struggling and striving to try to do these things when it's already been done, finished completely once and for all. Yeah, you know, the, the debts have been paid. You know, there's a lot of people who are still trying to pay debt. They, they make mistakes. They screw up, maybe in a big way, all right? I, I'm talking even about believers here, not just those who are out there in the world wallowing around without any knowledge of Christ. There's a lot of people out there who just, they feel like they fall every day. They don't feel like they're living up to their own expectations, let alone the expectations of others or what they may think the expectation of God is. They just feel like they're always falling short. The debt has been paid. This is good news for you and me, all right? You can rest in that. You don't have to struggle and and, and strive and wonder and worry about it anymore. It's not like paying your electric bill every month. I I have bills that come due. I have debts to pay that may come due every month. This isn't like that with with Christ. Everything has already been paid. It's as if he were to come around and say, look, you'll never have to pay another electric bill again, no matter how much electricity you use. He has covered it all with this one sacrifice for you and me. And why did he do it? Because he wanted to. Uh, What was his motivation? It was love. 
So why do we do the things that we do when it comes to reaching out in a good way, with good performance? It's not to try to get anything from God or to try to get into right standing with Him, but because we already are in right standing with Him. And so I respond out of that same love, at least that's what I would hope, the same kind of love that He has poured into me, I can now show to others. That's my motivation to want to do what's right. Let's wrap up with this verse. I got Colossians two thirteen and 14 open. Paul says, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your heart, God has made alive together with him. So God has made you alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. That handwriting of requirements that was against us, that was the law. It's been taken out of the way. We have been completely forgiven of all trespasses. But what about what Jesus said? Jesus said that unless you forgive others of their trespasses, God won't forgive you of your trespasses. Well, does that line up with what Paul is saying here, that all of our trespasses have been forgiven? Well, we'll chat about that and try to clear some of that up next week, right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.